0: Welcome to Zero Knowledge, a podcast where we explore the latest in blockchain technology and the decentralized web. The show is hosted by me, Anna,
1: and me, Frederick. In this episode, we try to introduce multi-party computations. We start at the basics and try to lay a foundation for episodes to come.
0: Before we start, we want to say thank you to this week's sponsor, Aragon. If you're looking to connect with some of the brightest minds working on decentralized governance and Web3 development, then you should check out Aragon, the first Aragon community conference happening on January 29th and 30th in Berlin. Enjoy presentations and discussions on important topics like open source sustainability models, humanist technology in oppressed societies, and a retrospective on the DAO by the creator himself. You can learn more about the conference and sign up to attend at eracon.one. That's A-R-A-C-O-N dot O-N-E. See you in Berlin. One last thing, if you want to connect with us or if you want to support this podcast, please check out the links in our show notes. And now, here's our episode on MPCs. Hi, Frederick. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about multi-party computation, or MPCs. This is a topic that I think has come up enough times that it seems really worth it to do a deep dive and a real introduction. Personally, I feel like we've heard about it a lot in previous episodes, and even though I have a, I've had a rough idea of what an MPC is... I haven't really had a chance up until now to dive in.
1: I think it's worth noting as well that MPC is such a huge, broad topic that, that spans like several different technologies and different like areas of cryptography and math and everything that we obviously can't cover even a fraction of it here. But I think the goal is to at least give an idea, start with some of the fundamentals, and then maybe we can lay some groundwork for future interviews.
0: So I think maybe to start off, we should define what an MPC is. I have a few definitions here. There's a couple I like. A multi-party computation, an MPC, is a cryptographic protocol that would allow a group of actors that may or may not trust each other to compute a program and generate a new function using their own secret inputs. In this setup, each actor would have secret data, and each could not infer the data of others. Um, from anything that they're getting so everybody's data is secret from the other people in it when people talk about mpcs when they present them in videos or what have you often you'll see computers in a circle each one of them representing actors and basically what they're doing is they're going to be contributing something to this mpc that would result in an output the inputs would be completely secret from one another the output could be shared often is shared
1: and I think where we've seen this uh, covered in the past and where we've talked about it before, just to give a concrete example off the bat, is like in the ZK-SNARK scenario where you have this quote-unquote trusted setup or toxic wastes you know, thing. Uh, or when we talk about random beacons, that's a multi-party computation to produce a random value. Um, so it, it comes up a lot. in the blockchain world in different scenarios and they may or may not be called npcs but something like the zcash uh, you know ceremony uh, powers of tau is another example of like a multi-party computation
0: so yeah i think going back to the reason why we wanted to cover this as mentioned it's come up a number of times in previous podcasts it gets mentioned Our thinking with this episode is to really go into the basics, to look at examples where you, our listeners, can hopefully even understand it from just us describing it on a podcast. Like always with any of these topics, I personally like to look a little bit into the history, try to frame it like when this happened. So secure computation originally was devised in 1982, and this was a secure two-party computation. And this was introduced by Andrew Yao, but MPCs as we know it, the first initiation, was done by Goldreich, Macaulay, and Widgerson. It's funny, McCauley comes up a lot in a lot of these talks. So this was the first time that they started to add this like multi-party aspect to it. This was all done, I believe, in the 90s, eight, like late 80s and, and the 90s. But the first time that you actually had it applied in a large scale was in Denmark in January 2008, it had to do with uh, sugar beet farmers, where they were actually selling their wares in a market, and they were able to use MPCs to um, basically create this privacy that one would need in such an auction.
1: And that is indeed one of the types of use cases here, where, let's say you have an auction, and you don't want to reveal your bids, but you want to be able to reveal what the highest bid is, or something like that, yeah. and... Uh, yeah, then you can have a secure multi-party computation where the computation is find the highest number and each individual doesn't have to actually reveal what their bit is.
0: So let's go back to this definition of MPCs and get into some of the building blocks of MPCs. When you talk about basic MPCs, you're definitely talking about a combination of polynomials. And it's funny, like, to anyone who is in computer science and has studied maths and works with math a lot polynomials, you'll just be like, yeah, polynomial, that's cool. But as somebody who studied math in high school, a little bit in university, and has not really looked that much at math for a while, I actually had to go check out polynomials. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, wait, this is so, we've all, we all know polynomials. They're basically something like, if you've ever seen a function with like five plus three x plus x squared plus something x cubed, that's a polynomial, And in high school, you've very likely done things like added polynomials together, subtracted polynomials. You've maybe even done a little bit of interpolation. So finding points along a a curve and then figuring out what the function is from that. And these these functions actually do make up the basis of MPCs, at least the basic MPCs, as far as we can tell.
1: Of of a type (laughs) of MPC, yes. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how to do secret sharing with just basic polynomials and sort of how that works. Uh, I think it's useful to visualize a graph, like a graph paper blank slate in front of you. Uh, If you have one dot on this graph, then there are infinite number of lines that can go through this dot. But if you have two points on a graph, then there's only one straight line thing that can go through both. I think this is basic intuition and anyone can sort of easily visualize this in their head, I hope. So if you wanted to then say um, you have a function f of x, this is a straight line. So it's something plus x or something times x. And if you said I have the number six, this is my secret. Uh, you take a function such that f of zero equals six, and then you create a line such as six minus X that would go through f of zero equals six and some other points. And then if you wanted to share this secret where it can only be constructed by bringing two things together, you take any two points on this graph, on this function six minus X, And you give one point to Alice and one point to Bob. Now, Alice can't reconstruct the secret because she only has one point and there are an infinite number of lines that go through this point. Bob can't reconstruct the secret because he also only has one point. But if both of them go together and join forces, they can reconstruct the secret because they both have the share of the secret. So... Basically, we're breaking up the secret into two points and, or two shares. So this is a very simple model, basic intuition. Uh, it breaks it up into two shares and both shares are needed to reconstruct the secret. But if we want more shares or if we want a sort of an N of M system where it's N number of shares that uh, is needed out of the M total to reconstruct the secret, then we have to expand on this. So the first obvious expansion is that we can go to higher degree polynomials. So what I said was a a first degree polynomial, there's only x. If you go to x squared, then you can have three points on this graph. If you go to x cubed, then you can have four points on this graph.
0: And I don't even think it's you can have, you actually will need. Yeah. Every time you go up a level, you're going to have to add extra data points in order to actually recreate this function.
1: Indeed. And so you can sort of choose the degree that you want and the number of shares you want to split up. And uh, you will always need more than k shares in a k degree polynomial. But you can apply various tricks. So if you want an N of M system, you can make some of the shares completely public to everyone and then distribute them accordingly. But uh, you know, th- th- these are less important details.
0: So maybe to go a little deeper into this, we can use an example that we've seen in other videos and and descriptions of NPCs. The idea here is that you could actually create a voting system where individuals could submit a vote and the outcome, the total tally would be calculated, but no individual vote would be revealed to other individuals voting. And the example that I think we're going to describe has three actors. Should we give them names?
1: Sure. Alice, Bob, and Carl, or Carol.
0: (laughs) So in this example, you have the three individuals. Each of these actors will have their own polynomial function, actually. So they'll have a f of zero that represents their vote and a function going through it. And those functions can be totally different from one another. But when you combine those functions, you actually get a function that represents the tally. So maybe we should go a little bit deeper into that.
1: So yeah, they all have their own unique polynomial. f of 0 is basically their votes, which we can say for simplicity is 0 or 1 for a yes or a no. When it comes to sort of tallying up these votes, we add all of their polynomials together So f of zero of the resulting polynomial will obviously be the addition of f of zero of all of the party's polynomials. So it will very simply be the tally of it. But how do you construct this added polynomial in the other points without revealing each individual's polynomial? Well, it turns out that by revealing a point on that polynomial, They can reveal some information about their polynomial, but not the entire thing. So Alice reveals f of one, Bob reveals f of two, and Carol reveals f of three. And so we can then do Lagrange interpolation to find out the resulting polynomial. And then we, with that polynomial, can calculate f of zero and get the resulting votes or the resulting tally of the votes.
0: So what was interesting in this example is you're kind of making a few assumptions here. You're assuming that people will actually say zero or one in terms of a vote. And you're also assuming that the, because you're kind of doing this sequentially, you're assuming that the person who's kind of reporting last would be honest. Um. Those are things that are not in any way taken into account by the construction of this. So that's a bit of like a flaw in this, in that you wouldn't want to do this for voting in a mass scale. But if you have like three semi-trusted friends and yet you don't want to reveal your vote to them, this might work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so all of this is kind of... uh not something that I deal with on a regular basis and not something that I'm super into or like know a ton about. But I can see how it goes from this to a more advanced system because of these things that you were just talking about. First of all, there's an honest majority assumption here in that most people behave honestly or you can sort of cheat and reveal what other people are doing. There's the last man problem that you were talking about where... When it comes to the last person, they can I like take the other people's revealed information and either reveal their information honestly, or they can change their votes to affect the outcome, such that you know they then when it comes to them they reveal something that they hadn't mm. originally intended on revealing, and um, then of course like in a simple math based system like this, we say that it is the rule of the system that you. That f of 0 should be 0, 1. But I can make a function such that f of 0 is negative 12. And I messed up the entire thing. And there's nothing that anyone can do to prove that mm-hmm. I messed up the entire thing. So there's obviously a ton of downsides or a ton of like flaws in this system. Uh, and obviously it's because it's so simplistic. But... What I would really like to do in future episodes is dig in with people that know more about this on how you address these flaws.
0: I wonder, I kind of want to go back a little bit to the to the example we just gave, because I think, like, as you were saying earlier, Frederick, with this graph, so you have, like, a y-axis and an x-axis, you have a dot. In that first example where you had a dot or two dots, in this case, what the line actually looks like, it's not a straight line often. It'll be something like... Each individual function will have a few dots along a curved line. And wherever it's passing through the y-axis, if it's passing at 0 or it's passing at 1, that actually reflects their secret. It's that f of 0 which actually defines what they have contributed to this. And each of them should be crossing through the y-axis somewhere, which represents where their vote would land. And then the larger function, wherever it crosses through the y-axis... That is the tally. So that example that we just gave, we're talking about a polynomial with order 2. An example could be 3 plus 1x plus 4x squared. As you increase the order, you will go into x cubed, you'll go into x to the 4. The complexity of the calculations will also increase and higher level NPCs will be doing more to these polynomials than simply adding them.
1: Yeah, even with this simple thing, uh, doing multiplication is is significantly more difficult and you have to modify the system to be able to do that. So before we cover maybe some more just examples of the simple system, what I would say is, I highly encourage people to check out the videos and the the show notes uh, that sort of explains the simple system. And then go and like code it up because it's so simple and easy and you can easily do this like in an hour or two and just working with this practically, I think you will get a great sense of how this stuff actually works at a very basic fundamental level and give you an intuition of how these systems work that might then lead to something more useful down the line.
0: So another example that I did see um, was, so the voting one, as mentioned, one of the issues we have is like, there's no constraints over whether it's one or zero. We're sort of trusting that the participants put in one or zero, but they could screw that up and put like minus five. Um, But another example, which we could look at would be contributions to a bill. So say you're sitting at a table with some cryptographer friends, because we all have those. And uh, we do actually. (laughs) and you want to pay the bill. And everyone wants to contribute something, or maybe nothing, but you don't want to reveal what each of you is contributing. You just want to know that you've reached the, t- the sum that you need to in order to pay this bill. So this could be another example where you actually uh, would use a very similar setup, but they're your contribution. It wouldn't only need to be between one or zero. I guess, and this this is something also that sort of goes out, as as we're talking about this, I guess that you have to somehow in most of the more like advanced NPCs create a constraint system so that you aren't able to go over a certain limit or you have to always have an F of zero that lands on something that's expected. I'm very curious what that would actually look like.
1: Yeah, likewise.
0: <laughs> P.S. This is a true zero knowledge episode. I feel like we really, we really, we're really like living our... Living our name right here.
1: <laughs> I also want to go to more dinners where I'm allowed to contribute nothing. <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs> All right. And then I think the most, the most relevant example of an MPC that we have definitely talked about on this show, um, and we kind of mentioned earlier in this episode, that is ZK Snarks and the Trusted Setups. So the example that we gave, as mentioned, is extremely simple. The trusted setups have different characteristics than the MPC that we just described. For example, the MPC we just described, you need to actually have an honest majority. Whereas if you look at trusted setups in CK-SNARKs, those are MPCs, they're a form of an MPC. But in those multi-party computations, the majority of actors could be malicious, could act incorrectly. But if one honest um, participant contributes their secret value correctly, then the outcome is still correct.
1: Toxic waste in, in our simple like super simple example is your polynomial. Uh,
0: like
1: in, in this system, yeah, there's an honest majority type of thing. Let's say that it is the same type of constraint that is in, in the powers of tau, for instance, where at least one honest player is needed for the system to work the polynomial equivalent of that would be that at least one person, after contributing their public value, mm. throws away the polynomial. So basically, they construct this polynomial, provide their f of 1 function to the public, and then deletes their entire polynomial so that no one can re- reconstruct it. And then you've contributed your public part and deleted your private part, and the private part is the toxic waste. So in, in a powers of tau setup, if someone collects all of the secret polynomials, then they can reconstruct the the zk snark parameters and, and create this sort of fake snark that validates to the same thing. I've been
0: kind of curious about that. Do we do we read toxic waste as each individual secret or as the combined secrets? I guess each one is slightly radioactive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean it it's uh the components i think zuko said the components of the co- of the toxic waste and the the toxic waste is if they are if all the components come together to create it but yeah they are all kind of toxic <laughs> a little bit so like that's why you want to delete it
0: i was in a workshop recently where um we were actually going through the steps of a trusted setup and someone did make the statement that if there were you know, in a trusted setup, a few members that likely wouldn't get rid of that secret, they wouldn't destroy their polynomial, or, or what have you, um, that it would be less secure. But that's not really true. It's not that it's less secure. It's as secure, because it doesn't matter if there's one or two malicious actors. Indeed. Yeah. Um, the only risk, as I've understood it, is if everyone's colluding that means like if you have a smaller group say you have three people who know each other the likelihood of them colluding is probably higher than like a hundred people who are scattered around the world and driving into the woods and
1: yeah i mean it it is um probabilistic the like security argument of if some people are keeping their secrets around, it is more likely that everyone is keeping their <laughs> secrets around. <laughs> but it's only a security risk if indeed everyone mm-hmm. kept them around.
0: When you dive into these topics, when you talk about NPCs, um, they are often combined with or compared to some other encryption ideas. So one of these is fully homo... <laughs> let me see if I can say this. Hold on. Fully homomorphic encryption. <laughs> I feel like everyone stumbles over that. <laughs> like fully homomorphic encryption. Yeah. Um, yes, fu- fully homomorphic encryption (FHE) for short. Um, that is often either yeah, it's often used either in tandem with an MPC or compared to. So, do you want to do a quick, maybe high-level explanation of how you understand FHE, uh, fully homomorphic encryption?
1: Yeah, sure. So. Um, Fully homomorphic encryption is where you can encrypt something, but you still retain a domain of functionality over it. So uh, let's uh, stick with the simple example of addition. Again, you have numbers and you have addition. So um, you want to encrypt the number six and then send that out to people then someone wants to add something to this number, but they don't know what the number, what the original number is. So Mm -hmm. I wanna add four to this number six, but I don't know that it's a, or like I'm not allowed to know that it's a six. So I get the encrypted text, and then I add four to the encrypted text and get another Mm -hmm. encrypted text. Then I send that back, and the person who originally encrypted the six can decrypt 10 so they know that a four was added but you do not the person who added four don't know that they added it to a six wow and so you could you could construct a similar voting system here where the original person sends out a zero everyone adds one to it and keeps sending it along down the chain and then when it gets back to the originator they're the only one that can actually decrypt this. So they're the only one that can see the tally. And when they decrypt it, they see how many people added Mm -hmm. a one to it.
0: Whereas each individual wouldn't have known what others.
1: Yeah, they can't see what came before them. And like when it's sent around, they can't see what the actual tally is.
0: Just in the example you gave, the difference here that I can already see is that at least with a lot of the MPC constructions that we've looked at, the resulting output is actually, it is known by the participant or it's used for something and it's somewhat public yeah in this case what you're talking about is people having they i guess they could still be using something in secret but they're just adding something into a black box and the outcome of that is completely unknown
1: yeah um and you can extend this to quite a large domain of stuff and so that that's where the problem quote-unquote of uh, FHE is is that uh, the greater you expand this domain um the more difficult it it becomes to do it so there's you know new cipher has been doing some great work speeding up fully homomorphic encryption for some domain of what they're doing um but i mean in in principle you could envision um if you wanted to do like video compression without revealing what the video is you encrypts the video, send this out, and then do video compression on this encrypted text hmm. that you have no idea how to decipher. And then you run that through your entire compression algorithm, and out at the end comes another encrypted video that when the originator gets it back, they can decrypt it and have a an actually transcoded video. Hmm. Transcoding something in a fully homomorphic domain is probably impossible right now <laughs> uh, but you can do certainly much more than addition and multiplication hmm. these days but that's uh, the simplest explain or like simpl- simplest example
0: i often like i think you often hear people talk about fully homomorphic encryption as an o- as an option but when we dig into it we also i think everybody will admit that it's it's just not there in terms of the research
1: yeah I would say that it's it feels like a similar state to the to Starks were like when we talked to Starkware, you know, just three years ago, and, you know, doing simple stuff required hundreds of gigs of RAM, mm-hmm. and we can do that today without a problem. I similarly, I don't know with fully homomorphic encryption if it's like a research problem or if there's like some innovation still necessary to actually like break through some of these boundaries, or if it's an implementation problem and no one is really like put in the effort to make a really fast and performant version. Um, yeah. So I, I don't really know where the boundaries there lie and like, what can we do today? What is too much? Mm. I, I like that again, we should have new cipher on to talk about what their work has been done on that field because they've, they've sped up some things like 10, 10 X, but just through implementation as far as I understand. But um, you know, whether or not that's, practically useful and applicable yet or if they need another 10x or 100x before it actually is i don't really know
0: now one other term that you often hear used in relation to mpcs or compared to mpcs are tees this stands for trusted execution environments so i think the comparison comes because it can guarantee like the integrity and confidentiality of some data but this definitely seems like a very different concept in this case, you're talking about a secure place in the hardware where computation can be done, but I don't see it using any of the same concepts or, ma- like, polynomial concepts that we've just been talking about. And yet, it's often compared.
1: Yeah, I would say it's very different, but um, a lot of people trust the hardware manufacturers a lot here, which I find questionable. Uh, so the this uh, T is, like... Apple Secure Enclave that almost every iPhone has now. Like, that's where it stores your fingerprints. And, you know, supposedly, it's like, this thing isn't connected to the internet, so no one can, like, hack it. Um, If you actually break into the device, it's supposed to be hard or impossible to get out, like, physically. Um, And you can... Like it has um, certain properties of how things are executed. So you have some evidence of it being executed correctly. Um, But again, this is down to implementation of like how the hardware manufacturers actually do this. And um, there's there's some good people like playing around with this stuff in the field, like both in blockchain and crypto in general um, that I'm sure have, much better explanations of this than I can, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's it's it, like you say, it's a hardware play where you kind of have this execution environment that supposedly pr- produces some evidence that a, a computation has been done correctly.
0: Would you say that there's any other technologies that also are in this category? I feel like I sometimes hear like ring signatures put into this, but that's really different, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's multi-party in that like a lot like multiple parties are going into the ring signature with their signatures yeah but uh, calling it a multi-party <laughs> conversation i mean maybe in the broadest definition of the term
0: when we were talking to ellie ben sasson from starkware in a pre- very recent episode i asked him like where the future of you know stark like or zero knowledge technologies could come from or what you know what is he looking forward to and he mentioned that this concept of mpcs it's been around for a long time but like starks or like snarks there weren't necessarily technologies in place that would make them usable and i would i'm actually really curious about like what other mpcs are out there like what what super hyper theoretical cryptography NPC constructions are floating around, and they're still totally like impossible, but you know maybe they come into the to, to relevancy in the near future, maybe in this space specifically. So maybe to wrap up, um, we've mentioned a few concepts that are sort of either competing with or being used along with NPCs, but there are a couple other at least terms that are brought up. One of these is Shamir's secret sharing. And the other term is Lagrange interpolation. Maybe we can talk very briefly about that.
1: Yeah, so I, what I would say is, uh, if you go from that easy polynomial example, and that's something that you've played around with and understood, the next logical step to go to and start playing with is Shamir secret sharing. So um, here... You're making it a little bit more abstract, a little bit more complex, and you're breaking up um, a secret into an N of M system. So you can say, I want this secret to be broken up into 23 pieces, and I want, you know, you need 17 of them to be able to reconstruct the secret. Mm. So you can fully define all of these parameters and then, you know, break up this secret into multiple pieces and... This is something super useful too. If you have like a private key and you want to distribute that over five USB devices that you spread around your house, like the, <laughs> the it's it's a useful tool in itself. Whereas the polynomial thing is more of like a learning experiment. Um, and we have like uh, uh, Rob at Parity. Uh, he has a library for Schmear Secure Sharing in Rust. That's pretty easy to understand and nice to look at. So um, I can link that as well. Um, so, that that's a useful thing that might be fun to experiment with as well. I don't know how you would use it in sort of a replacement for a zero knowledge proof kind of setting, but as a replacement for uh, like Schnorr signatures or other l- like NFM signing systems, I could easily, like a multi sig hmm. type thing.
0: Uh, but the secret sharing, it's like the data is broken up, but. It- when you combine it it becomes the full piece of data you don't actually do it through uh polynomial interpolation or do you cuz it sort of looks like yeah
1: you do so it, it it still works on the same basis so yeah you so if you go to implement this you do create these polynomials and you you do you create them with like super large prime number stuff to have security um and then when you uh, go to reconstruct these things. So basically, each of these secret pieces is is a point on the polynomial. I mean, it's still the same fundamentals. And then you use Lagrange interpolation, which is just a formula to reconstruct the original polynomial. Um, but instead of like being a number that is the secret output, um, it can be any like 32-bit value. I mean, you can always see any random, any arbitrary number of bits as a number, but uh, yeah, it's, it depends on how you interpret things.
0: And the other thing you just actually mentioned, another term that has come up a lot, and that's this Lagrange interpolation. Um, One thing I actually went through a few exercises to do some interpolation, but what I realized I didn't quite understand was how to introduce the finite field. Is that the thing that makes it a Lagrange interpolation?
1: I don't know. I think you um, you would call it a Lagrange interpolation, even if it's not over a finite field.
0: And I think we we've definitely mentioned. I think we've already covered what interpolation is. It's this idea of taking a minimum number of data points in a graph and being able to recreate a function from that. I, actually, I am curious how exactly the Shamir threshold relates to MPCs because they're always used together. Or it's almost like you need to understand Shamir threshold schemes in order to be able to build NPCs correctly.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that too, that they're the basis for a lot of things. And um, I guess that's how you kind of define your fundamental building block upon which you attach the rest of your logic. Hmm. Um, But I don't really know how how that ties together.
0: It, what's yeah? It's it's a cool concept. I like. I'm still. I think my. I'm still not sure how it relates to exactly how it relates to NPCs. Like it, obviously, it's in the same space, but yeah, I'm wondering if it's not like a used in tandem, or if it's actually underlying more advanced multi-party computation.
1: If anyone feels like they have a great explanations to that, hit us up on the email.
0: And and in general, I think that's what we want to we do want to say to you is we are. We are zero knowledge. And this is a show where we often bring on experts to explain this stuff to us. This was an episode which we did a little bit of research on our own. But it would be wonderful if you want to send us an email telling us where we're right, where we're wrong. Uh, If you want to ping us on Twitter and let us know if you can answer some of the questions that we brought up. It would be really fun to hear from you. Anyway, thanks, Frederick. Thanks for... uh, Thanks for having this chat.
1: Thank you. And I'm looking forward to digging into this a lot more in the future. And to our listeners, thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening.